35 years ago, I got obsessed with a simple question. What makes the difference in the quality of people's lives? What makes some people leaders and other people followers? What makes most people talk about a dream and never follow through, and other people just a small percentage kick ass, take names, you can throw any obstacle at them, they find a way to break through. What's the difference? And I don't refer to the world of humanity. I mean, the world that you create, your own creation, your world, that is only true for you, but for nobody else. And, and that really stayed in my head. I was just like, wow, so as long as I'm trapped by what my parents think, I can actually never find the answers to the real questions of life. And there were all these little things happening. I lost two great friends when I was 16. One girl died in a car accident. One guy died because he was involved in drugs and violence. That, that made me rethink everything. I just thought to myself, wait a minute, these were beautiful people, people that I loved, people that, in my opinion, were good people. And I just lost them in a moment. And it was kind of like this collation of little things that just made me think, wait a minute, having money, having fame, this, that just doesn't seem to add up. And then, and then meeting the monk kind of made that shift possible. And when I first grew up, I grew up very poor financially. I grew up in a very tough environment. When I met my fourth father, I said, mom, I'm confused. I was confused because I always loved people, loved people, just my nature. But when I was in high school, I was not the most popular kid in school. In fact, the most popular kid in school treated me like hell. He was so vicious and mean. I thought, what, what makes that guy popular? So it made me obsessed to want to know why people's lives turn out so differently. And my first answer, growing up poor with no great role models, was, well, some people are just lucky. They grew up in a family where everybody loves each other and they stay together. You know, some people are lucky. They grew up in a family and everybody's educated, and so they work hard to educate their kids. Or some people are lucky. They grew up in a family with lots of money, so they have resources to travel and learn and expand and do whatever they want. And as much as I wanted to believe that story, that some people are just lucky that they had a better family, when you pay attention and you're even slightly honest with yourself, that story doesn't hold up, does it? You create the story of your life. You create an entire reality that is solely true for you. There is six billion people in the world, in this planet Earth. Six billion people who create their own story. I can say six billions of artists, because we all are artists. We create. And as I said, he was completely captivating. And then I found out that he'd given up jobs in Google and Microsoft to be a monk. And I thought to myself, who does that? You know, he's given up everything that I'm chasing and that all my friends are chasing, but he seems happier than anyone I've ever met before. And he spoke about this incredible principle where he said that we should plant trees under whose shade we do not plan to sit. Because when you look around, what happens to people that were truly given everything and they don't have to work for it? What happens to the person who's born and they got total love and support from their family? They have total financial abundance. They don't have to worry about it whatsoever. They got all the great education. What happens to the majority of those? Not all, but the majority of those people don't build any muscle. 
They're not hungry because everything was given to them, so they don't have any hunger that could give them drive. Which if you ask me, Tony, what's the single most important key to success above anything else? It's not talent, it's not skill, it's hunger. I create my personal world, the world of Tommy Galleries. It's just a story. It's not even real. And by the way, it's not true. And he was speaking about this principle of selfless sacrifice. And that kind of just penetrated me right there. When he said the words selfless sacrifice, for the first time in my life, I felt a thrill about something that I'd never felt before. I thought, wow, giving up everything you have for the service of others sounds like the best thing you could possibly do. And I don't know why I had that thought, because I wasn't a spiritual kid growing up. I wasn't a religious kid growing up. I wasn't even a good kid growing up. I was just a rebel, a misfit, trying things out, an experimenter, which I still consider myself. If you get enough hunger going in you for an answer, you'll find the answer. If you get a hunger enough inside of you that says, I gotta take things to a next level, I gotta achieve, I gotta make a difference, I gotta expand, you will find the answer. People's intelligence will expand if they got enough hunger. But if you got everything and you're not hungry, you're not gonna have much. Like your story is not true either. But you believe it's true. You create your own story. And we live in that story. It's so perfect that we don't notice that we live in the story that we create. In that story, we create multiple secondary characters. Every person that you know, and many others that you don't know, but you know about them. All of them are part of the world, in your world. I believe the moment was I was, I've always had friends who are older than me. And I could see a lot of them in the most successful careers, successful jobs, beautiful partners, whatever it was. But I saw a sense of lack of fulfillment, meaning and purpose in their lives. And I've always been an observer and I would see these people who are like five years older than me, seven years older than me, maybe 10 years older than me. And I'd be watching them and go, is that the life I want? And often the advice I give to people today is fast forward where you are, look at yourself in 10, 15, 20 years time and ask yourself the question, is that where I want to be? If you're in a company, look at the person who's 20 years ahead of you and ask yourself, is that where I want to be? If you're in a startup, look at where other startups have got to in similar roles and go, is that where I want to be? And if the answer is no, then you need to find a new path. Look at the pathetic people you read about in the rag newspapers who were given everything. And as a result, what do you find out? The majority of people that are given everything, you find them living in rehab. They've been getting everything else and they're going in and out of rehab for drugs or alcohol or something else. And then you find these people that life seems to have stepped on. You know the kind of people I'm talking about? Life has kicked them in the face. They've experienced tremendous injustice. Nothing has been fair to them. They've been abused mentally, emotionally, sexually, spiritually, whatever. And very often those are the very people that most of us are inspired by who achieve levels that most people never dream about and who touch society. But the most important part in your creation is a main character. And that main character is you. And for me, the answer at that time from observing was no. The path that my parents or society or the university I went to or the community I had that was carving out for me, it didn't feel like the path for me. So I was almost seeking 
an alternative or a new path. I was just so fortunate that it happened to be an uplifting, powerful path as opposed to something that could have actually taken me down the wrong road because that could have been possible too. Why did you fail? And this is where you hear people's story. Remember why I'm telling you this? Because I want to tell you right now, you might write down something. Change your story, change your life. You create the main character of your story and the whole story is about you. In my story, the main character is Miguel Ruiz. But it's just a character. It's not even real. It's not true. But my whole story is about Miguel Ruiz. It's how Miguel Ruiz perceives everything. It's about how Miguel Ruiz believes about everything he believes. But it's just his point of view. And that point of view is changing all the time. Just like in your own story. Your point of view is changing all the time. And we talk about this in business all the time. If you want to be a billionaire, spend time with billionaires. If you want to be a millionaire, spend time with millionaires. If you want to be a tech startup, spend time with, you know, that's, that's the common rhetoric that we hear all the time. But what if you want to find purpose and master the mind? There's no one better than a monk who's mastered the mind. So, so for me, the first step is just opening yourself up to new experiences and new role models. Because most of us can't see ourselves in people So then we try and fit ourselves into the boxes that we do see. And, and I mean, there's this beautiful quote that I, I've been saying it everywhere and I wish I wrote it, but I didn't. So it's by a philosopher and writer named Cooley. And he said that today, I'm not what I think I am. I'm not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. I just let that blow your mind for a moment. It's, uh, so powerful. I'm not what I think I am. I'm not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. We all have a story about why we are where we are. If you're not where you want to be in your life, in some area, like maybe your body's great, but your finances aren't, or your finance is great, but your relationship sucks, or doesn't, or whatever, the bottom line is, you've got a story why it's that way. And the story we tell ourselves protects us from pain. It gives us a reason why it's not our fault or it's going to be okay in the future. But the story that protects you also imprisons you. It keeps you from changing your life. I can see that my world when I was nine years old, it was completely different than when I was 13 or 17 or when I had my first child or when I was a surgeon or when I was a shaman. It keeps changing all the time. Every day, every moment, I change my perception of the world, of my own world. Change is constant, it's always changing. Just like you, just like everybody else. So we live in this perception of a perception of ourselves. Hence, my identity is made by what my parents think I should be. My identity is made up by what my college or university thinks I should achieve. While you're living in that bubble and that echo chamber, getting to what you really want to do is impossible. So in order to create a change in your life, you really truly got to change your story. You got to shift your story. You got to find a story that's going to empower you, a story that's going to strengthen you, a story that will push you beyond anything you've ever done in the past. So the story most people have, and that they had at this TED piece was, I said, why have you failed in the past? 
didn't have the money, didn't have enough time, didn't have the right resources, didn't know the right people, didn't have the right contacts, didn't have the technology. Some people said we had a, we had a lousy leader. The leader said I had lousy people. Isn't the stuff that people tell you? And then in the darkness, I heard this voice say, I didn't have enough Supreme Court justices. And I looked into the dark room down there in the front row, and it's Vice President Al Gore. I live in a story as you live in a story also. The story that you create your own story. Because maybe that just doesn't fit. And I think so many people feel that way today that they don't fit into the current education system. They don't fit with the three or four or five careers that you're taught exist. So that process of self-excavation and actualization first requires being exposed. You can't be what you can't see. If I never saw a monk, I would never have wanted to be a monk. If I never meet a billionaire, I wouldn't want to be one because I wouldn't know what that feels like. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it takes. But I might suggest there might be a different reason. And everybody was like quiet going, what's he going to say? And I said, let's look at everybody else first. Those of you who told me you don't have the money, you don't have the time, you don't have the education, you didn't have the right people, didn't have the right skills, didn't have the right technology, didn't have the right Supreme Court justices or enough of them. I would submit to you, you've all told me the reason you failed is you didn't have the resources. Time is a resource. Money is a resource. Technology is a resource. Knowing the right people is a resource. And I said to the audience, here's my experience working with the most successful people on the face of the planet, athletes, presidents, United States, multi-billionaires. Here's what I know from them. Resources are never the real problem. A lack of resourcefulness is the real problem. Sometimes people ask me, Miguel, what are you? And yes, I can justify my existence with all the excuses that I know. I can say, well, I'm a male, a human male, or I'm a, a surgeon, I'm an author. I can describe everything that I believe about the main character of that story, which is Miguel. But what is the truth? And, and I think that's the biggest challenge of our society, that we're not exposed. So that's the first step, being exposed to unique experiences and role models. Second step is finding that experience or role model that you're passionate about. And exactly like you said, taking it seriously, shadow them, network with them, spend time with them, observe them, even from afar. It takes that observation, being addicted to observing that person's lifestyle. I'll say it again. Lacking the resources is not the problem. Lacking resourcefulness is the real problem. What I mean by that is very simple. The ultimate resource is human emotion. What starts wars? Is it logic? Hell no, it's emotion. What makes you get married or get divorced? It's emotion. What will make you stay up all night work to build your business? Emotion. What will make you give up? Emotion. If you don't master your emotion, if you don't become resourceful, then you're going to think the problem is resources. Because I'm here to tell you, every great person I know didn't have the resources, but they got them because they're resourceful. How I create that main character? Well, with the opinion of everybody around me since I was a child. Everybody told me what I am, and I agree with everybody. There were so many people telling me who Miguel is. And it was a big, a big effort, even if I don't remember, to try to please everybody around me. To try to please my parents, my brothers, my sisters, my friends, 
my teachers, everybody around me. Everybody told me what I am. And I tried to please everybody. And I have the expectation to be what they told me that I am. But what is the reality? And then the third step is going yes or no. Does that work for me? Not everyone who's going to go off and become a monk is going to feel like the way I did, and that's cool. But not everyone is going to go and follow and shadow a billionaire and go, that's exactly the lifestyle I want. They may want the result, but do they want the hard work that goes with it? And so for me, that's the third step. It's observing, focusing, shadowing, getting as close to the process of that individual, and then going yes or no. Do I want that process? Not do I want the result. Everyone wants to be that monk who's fully enlightened, you know, can walk through, has an incredible aura that people just gravitate towards. But when you realize he has to wake up at 2 a.m. every day and sleeps about four to six hours, you're like, ah, you know, I don't want to do that. And what that means is, if you're creative enough, creativity is an emotional resource, can you find an answer to the problem, yes or no? If you're determined enough, can you find the money that you don't have, can you find it, yes or no? If you care enough and get other people to care with you, can you get them to help you, yes or no? If you are bold enough, if you're strong enough, if you're disciplined enough, can you get yourself to do things other people cannot find a way to do, yes or no? Well, I cannot please anybody. I hardly can please myself. How can I try to please everybody to tell me who, I'm, who I am? It's not possible. Then I discovered, well, this is not me, really. It's just my identity. Power being, so from a monk's perspective, the greatest power is to be self-controlled, to be able to train the mind and energy to focus it exactly where you want it and when you want it to be. You are completely detached and undeterred from external ups and downs. You're able to navigate anything that seems tough, challenging, fun, excitement, with the same amount of being equipoised and balanced and equanimity, without being too excited in pleasure or being too depressed in pain. But knowing how to navigate every situation, to me, that's great strength and great power. And guess what? The truth is, I don't care where you are today. I don't care if you're totally broke and getting here was a huge stretch for you. If you can find the hunger inside of you and you can remember, I don't need resources, I need resourcefulness, that'll get me the resources, then anything you dream about, you can make real. But the minute you forget that and you come up with a story that goes, I don't have the money, I don't have the time, I can't do it, it's too far away, that's what's gonna kill you. A masterpiece of art, just like your story. Your story is a masterpiece of art, even if you're aware or not. It is an ongoing story that you're creating even in this moment. You're creating your story right now. It's, it's more like a training system than it is a lifelong commitment. It is bringing that mindset into the real world where you get to test it. Now, I got to do that for real when I left being a monk around five years ago. And when I left, it was like, oh my God, I'm in the real world now again, real world. I have to think about how to apply all this. I'm gonna test for real all this stuff that I've learned. And I was scared, like I was nervous, I was anxious and all those things that I've been trained not to be rushed back because for the first time in my life, I had to really put it into practice. 
Change your story, change your life. And we all have a story because we're afraid, all of us, to fail. We're afraid to not look good. We're afraid to be disappointed. We're afraid to get our hopes up. But the only way that you get courage, courage means you're afraid, but you do it anyway. It's not courage if you're not scared. Good and bad is just the repercussion of the real conflict that exists in our mind. The real conflict is between the truth and lies. If we believe in the truth, we are good. We don't doubt about it. If we believe in lies, we are bad in different degrees. Depends how deep is the life, how intense is the life. If we create superstition about that lie, and if we become fanatic trying to defend that lie, when we understand that point, we can understand the conflict that exists in the entire humanity, in the world of humanity. And I love that feeling. I'm so glad that I had to do that. So for me, actually, the mindset is completely trainable to bring into the real world. That's, that's what I'm trying to do. And, and what it allows you to do is it allows you to gain clarity and perspective when you need it. Because you know when you can just take a bird's eye view from something. You know when you need to get close into something. You know when you need to pull back from something. There's a beautiful verse in the Bhagavad Gita that says that detachment is not that you own nothing. Detachment is that nothing owns you. And so there's going to be people talking here the next few days or today that are, they're going to give you some great strategies. Whether you do it or not is not going to be based on your ability. What you're capable of is amazing. What most people will do is disappointing. It has nothing to do with the content of what needs to be done. It's everything to do with the mastery of your own states. It's a war that is happening in our mind between the truth and lies. It's obvious to say that lies are winning. But it's okay. Still, it's a perfect dream. It's a wonderful masterpiece of art. Usually people see detachment as being away from everything. Mm. Actually, the greatest detachment is being close to everything and not letting it consume and own you. And that's real power. That's real strength. How many people do we know that have had fame and then that fame has ruined them. So for me, that definition of detachment is possible to practice even in the real world, rather than saying, oh, I'm just gonna have a really simple life. I'm just gonna have nothing in life. So if you have the wrong strategy, it's not gonna work. So let me give you three things in reverse order of importance, okay? Reverse order, least important first. If you want a breakthrough, one of the things to give you a breakthrough is a strategy. A new strategy could change everything. Does that make sense? A new way to do something. If you come up with the right strategy, it could save you a decade. It could save you five years. And one reason to come to a seminar like this, in my opinion, is to gather up as many strategies as you can. And what I want to do in just this short little time I have with you is see if I can give you some strategies that'll give you breakthroughs in whatever you want to go after. Some real quick strategies that really work. Great moments, dramatic moments. A lot of happiness, sadness, joy, hate, envy, all the emotions is part of that story. And we are who create that story. 
The best part about being a monk is that your morning routine and practices are so powerful that you can actually aspire for more incredible values in life because your mind is clear. Being able to overcome ego, being able to overcome envy, being able to overcome jealousy, being able, able to overcome the negative of competitive state. There's a positive competitive state and there's a negative competitive state. Today, when people are looking on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, all you're looking at is, oh, she got that many likes or he got that many likes. She got engaged or he got married or, oh my God, look at her body or look at that. And it's like, that stuff's destroying us inside. Envy, jealousy, ego, greed. To be able to have enough clarity to purify yourself of those things is gonna alleviate the, the biggest anxieties and depressions of our time and mental health problems. What is a strategy? It's a specific way to do something that if you do it that way, you get the result every time. Let's think about a strategy like a recipe. If you know someone's recipe and they took 25 years to figure out how to make the perfect chocolate cake and you're not a baker, but you got their strategy, you got their recipe, how often can you get the same quality of chocolate cake if you follow their recipe, if you follow their strategy? How often will it work? How many times? Every single time. That's the beauty of a strategy. Well, we are that force that most matter in my college life is energy. You can call it God also if you want to. It's energy. Energy cannot be destroyed, only transformed. And, and we know that. We know that because all the mental health research today suggests that things like isolation, overexposure, we now can have more pain consumption in one day because of what we're exposed to than the pain we would have had in a lifetime. That's huge. Like that, that's ridiculous to think that in one day, because of the media, news and social media, we consume more negative than we did in a lifetime. For me, being able to have time, energy and clarity to focus on self-purification, that is the best thing about being a monk. Because you have that time, reflection and a process and an environment that only allows you to become more purified of those things. How many places would we pass within 10 blocks that could help you to lose weight, for example, or get fit or get strong? How many? In fact, you don't even have to get up out of this building to learn how to lose weight because today, God forbid, you're gonna get up and walk. You could just pull out your iPhone or your iPad or whatever phone you have and you could download 10 books right now that you'll never read, right? On how to do it. Maybe you'll start reading the first one and then you'll get a little text. Oh, what's the text say? You won't read the rest of the chapter. If we are changing all the time, Life is moving matter all the time and is reflecting itself in matter. And that reflection is how we create the story for life. The reflection of the truth. Many people ask, well, then what is the truth? Well, I can tell you that the truth exists long before humanity and will keep existing long after the extinction of humanity. The truth doesn't need to be proved that exists. It just exists. You know what to do, but you don't do what you know. But the right strategy versus the wrong strategy is critical. I want you to make a note of this, really important. 
You have to do the right thing at the right time. 